What NFC South running back just got a big vote of confidence from his GM? What's the proper approach to trading rookie draft picks this time of year? And who beat who on the I Got Five on It board for 2019? Plus, last season's FFPC $500 number 28 Dynasty champion Nate Harris hops aboard to talk about his favorite rookie this year, Naheem Hines, Julian Edelman, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your HSFF Hour Season 8 finale starts now. Hands, everybody. If you got what it takes, because I'm KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks so much. Uh, greetings and salutations, all of you Balkaholics and Gerzakin addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. And Dave, I said it in the cold open, this is our final episode of Season 8. Next Friday, which will be our last Friday show before the NFL Draft, we will be kicking off Season 9 of this. If you would have told me, Balky, we're going to have nine seasons of this going on before we ever end it. Way back when, in 2012, when we started this. 2012, 2011, 2012, April 2012. What would the chances have been that we would have hit season nine, in your mind, percentage chance? Uh, 10%. <laughs> and season two would have been about 15%. <laughs> no, maybe, maybe 40 or 50. I, I, I figured maybe after like three years, we finally would have, we would give it up and... Oh, I wish we had. The people keep There's asking so for time, more. So much time I would have back. Yeah, it, well, life. it is all it's time consuming. Uh, think about all the trips that you could have made. Um, all where, the vacations. Where, where, where you weren't thinking about the show. I know. Where you could have been, not been thinking about the show. That's so great. Yeah, and all the guest hosts that have that. I mean, I'm like, I like because they get an extra opportunity to be on here and talk to you all. Oh, they love it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it's fun. It's, and we're, we're thrilled that everybody um, has, has enjoyed it, and we're going to keep doing it. Uh, for as long as we can, or at as least long I as will. I take vacations. It, well, yeah, exactly. Oh, you mean the show? The show, yes. Right. On the show tonight, we're going to discuss that other Rams tight end and go through the final I Got Five on It board from 2019. We're also going to talk to FFPC 500 Dynasty number 28 champion Nate Harris about how he put together his Dynasty title, his own trade for Brandon Cooks, and much more. Shout out to the chat room right now. If you all have any questions, post them in there. Uh, the show is at HSFF Hour. I am at Eric Balkman. Dave is at David Gerzek on Twitter. Facebook.com slash HSFF Hour is where to find us there. And if you want to hang out with us on the air, 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. That is where to send your questions. Uh, of course, your tweets and emails will get answered uh, as much as we can tonight. I know we got a, a big show. we got 10 pounds of show in a five-pound bag. It's going to be tough. 
the audio engineer and uh, my best friend is Bryce. Of course, um, mutual friend Rob is producing once again tonight. Hey, a reminder, best ball slim leagues and other best balls, including super flexes, are also active. MyFFPC.com, check those out. We have live and slows uh, with 60-second, two-hour, and six-hour clocks. Get in on that FFPC main event early bird. And, of course, Dynasty Startup still available all at MyFFPC.com. And I believe... Um, about a week and a half from now, be paying attention to that FFPC E newsletter because I think we will have a, an announcement about the 2020 Football Guys Players Championship. Am I right, Dave? About a week and a half from today. Yeah, we've taken quite our quite our uh, quite a bit of time to release the prize pool, but it's coming. Um, speaking of quite a bit of time, I didn't bring this up to you off air, so I, I apologize if I'm putting you on. I can't remember what we did last year, but I think it'd be smart to do the show not next Friday. The week after that, don't do a Friday show. Do a Wednesday show the night before the draft because okay. I don't think too many people are going to be listening right. Friday of the draft. Right, and we don't want to be, you know. Of course, it sucks because what are we going to what are going to broadcast? Are they going to show it? Or, uh, are they going to show well, like? Yeah, I mean, there, there's it's going to be like it'll be like Hollywood Squares or the Brady Bunch. Well, okay, where they have like nine rooms. Right. So we were talking about this on the show with Leo and Balky, which you can hear weekday afternoons from two to three here. But not see. Um, but not see. I think it's going, to lot, it's going to be a lot like how it's been before. I think the one thing that you're missing is the big crowd shots. Goodell's still going to announce picks. You're still going to have analysis. They're going to show all this B-roll of, of the players in action. They're, I mean, it still will be a studio program. I, I don't, I don't, but no one's going to be in the studio? No, there'll be a few people in the studio. They're actually like, talking about combining two? one broadcast between ESPN and NFL. No, oh, okay. So you can still be in the studio. I mean, that's the way that they're doing SportsCenter and stuff now. Yeah, just, you, know you just got to right. be six feet apart. It'll probably be fine. Yeah. Um, so it will be different. It's just I don't think it's going to be radically different like everybody said. So I agree. Wednesday. So Wednesday, we'll do our, pre, um, our, our NFL draft preview. That will be coming up then. Thanks to Football Guys, Roto World, and Rob for tonight's rundown. Talk about the big trade that happened this week. Oh, the big trade. John McLean on Twitter says, The Texans acquired Brandon Cooks and a 2022 fourth rounder from the L.A. Rams in exchange for the number 57 overall pick in the 2020 draft. The Texans, uh, that is their own pick, but they still got the number 40 overall pick that they got from the Cardinals when they gave up uh, DeAndre Hopkins. So obviously you would imagine that Cooks is going to be playing the DeAndre Hopkins role in that Texans offense. Obviously a massive downgrade, but you consider that he is still a pretty talented guy. He'll be able to do some numbers there. Now the big concern with him is that he has had five concussions since he has been in the NFL. This is the third team, uh, third time excuse me, he has been traded in three years in the NFL, and he's obviously coming off the worst year of his career. Now, he uh, turns 27 years old this coming September, so he's still got technically a, you know, some pretty significant um, prime years ahead of him. And you look at who Houston has right now, um, Will Fuller, who gets hurt a lot. They still have Kenny Stills there. Obviously, they signed Randall Cobb. But you look at Cooks in Houston now, Dave, He's got to be the, the Texans receiver to own. He is currently now, again, this is going over the last seven days. So some of this ADP for FFPC best ball is, um, you know, prior to the Texans trade. But Cooks was going in the 12th round. He has gone as high as the eighth round, wide receiver 46. Does that make sense for you, him, getting him in the, let's say, mid to late eighth where he settles in? If or is that too if high? If that's where he settles in, yeah, I'm totally fine with taking Cooks, even though he is a high – I've. I don't really in general like Cooks that much. I mean, the fact that he's moved around with all those teams and his concussion history, both are quite scary. But like you said, Will Fuller's is worse. Kenny Stills is definitely not as talented. Cooks is still a talented player, and for whatever reason, he just 
just wasn't getting it done last year. There's the risk that he busts kind of again, yeah. so to speak. But there's only 32 teams in the NFL, and he's being drafted in the 40s, and he's almost for sure going to be the number one receiver when you have Deshaun Watson throwing to him. What's not to like? Well, I think you, you answered your own question, is, is the concussion issues and, and the fact that he is coming off his worst season. Um, I look at um, this from a value standpoint. I think I still might like Randall Cobb in the 18th round better than I like Brandon Cooks in the 8th for, for best ball. No, that's fine. I mean, it's a totally different comparison, in my opinion. How so? I, I mean, it's a 10-round difference, I mean, so I, I don't know. I, well, I'm saying from a value perspective. I, spe- I suppose if you want Cooks, take him, and then you could easily – I mean, Cobb's basically free, so you right, might as well. Yeah. If you want, if you want the, to lock up that Texans passing game, which is silly. It sounds silly, but maybe there is something to it uh, in regards to that. Um, Rams, you changing Cooper Cup or Robert Woods at all? Does that move the needle for them? Uh, yeah, I like both. I, I never really drafted much Robert Woods except for when he was a rookie, and then I get rid of him. But uh, I'm 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 in on Woods for sure, and I've liked Cup the whole time. And yeah, I, I think so actually. I had one draft already this season where I think I took Cup in the late third, and I was pretty happy about it. No, it might have been the fourth because I think he was my number three receiver. So I I, I was loving that. Um, Brandon Cooks, you talked about this before the show started. You own him in Dynasty. Let's say somebody has the two oh nine. They're willing to give you the two oh nine for Cooks. You doing it? Uh, 209 for cooks. Mm. So we're right in that area. Yeah, probably yeah. not. Yeah. Probably not the 209. Okay. If I need cooks, I would like 203, 202 range. I would totally have the 202 or 203 over cooks for sure. Yeah. I mean, keep in mind, he, he, I mean, if he doesn't have a concussion, you know, that and he has a good season, he is still, there is, I mean, there's, there's definitely a ton of downside, but there's a lot of upside. I mean, he, he's been a top, 12 receiver before or maybe a top 15 receiver when he was getting targeted he had four straight thousand yard seasons this is a, a new record as far as dead money uh it was like 21 million or something in dead money that the, i mean combined the rams have 40 million dollars plus with the Gurley and uh cooks dumps this season which is pretty incredible um there was one other thing i was going to ask you about brandon cooks and now i forgot what it was son of a gun um all right well we, we can just move on if it was that important i would have remembered it is weird though just to reiterate, why is the guy keep getting traded? That, that was my and they, question. And they yes. keep on saying that he's not like a locker room. He's, great, he's great in the locker room. The reports that he's great in the locker room. He's yeah. a great teammate. That was my question. Is, yeah. is, is there something to this that this guy is now on his fourth NFL team? And by the way, yeah, look, look, look who traded him. Yeah. Um, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, and Sean McVay. I mean, they didn't trade him, but right. I mean, they obviously were the head coaches there. And they traded him, and they got traded to – it's like each time it got traded to oh, – let's see, who had, who had him first? Sean Payton in, in New Orleans. Okay, so you can argue it, it got traded from two geniuses to then, you know, moving down the intelligence ladder here, and now you're at O'Brien. <laughs> now Rivera is going to pick him up next probably. Ron Rivera? Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying <laughs> to think of something. Like, seriously, <laughs> who's, who's a worse – um, G, like, well, there's very few head coach slash GMs. Bill O'Brien's one of them, but he's clearly the worst, I would imagine. I can't think of anybody worse at this point. Yeah. Anyway, we're devolving <laughs> into a football conversation. Let's keep it on fantasy football. Jason Licht. Oh, I didn't tell you this, Dave. There was a great article on ESPN.com behind the scenes of how the Buccaneers signed Tom Brady. Interviews with Bruce Arians, Jason Licht. Um, their director of player personnel, pro personnel for Tampa, I played football against in high school. Oh, yeah, cool. He, uh, did I tell you this already or no? Yeah, you might have mentioned it. He played at Milwaukee Marquette. Right, okay. Yeah, um, he actually ran me over in, uh, in that game. when I was, nice. He was a big-time uh, tight end, and I was a lowly corner. I, made the mis- I should have made the correct business decision and got out of the way. I didn't. It was bad. All right, anyway, Jason Licht, 
says he, quote, has more faith than ever in Ronald Jones this year, according to Jenna Lane on Twitter. We have more faith in him than we ever have. We have a lot of faith in Ronald. Now, bear this in mind. Peyton Barber is now on the Redskins. Bruce Arians says they're still looking to add a pass-catching back. Ronald Jones averaged 10 yards uh, per catch on his 31 catches last year. He wasn't great last year, but he was a lot better in 2019 than he was in 2018. He's still 22 years old. He turns 23 this year. Who are you believing here, Dave? Believing with Jason Licht that, that they're loving up on Ronald Jones? You're believing in Bruce Arians um, from a fantasy standpoint saying that they still want a pass catching back on this team? I believe Arians, although you know Licht is the one who makes the decisions, I guess. So if he doesn't draft a running back in the first three rounds, Rojo's job is pretty safe. He's going to go all Brad Pitt on, the, on his um, Philip Seymour Hoffman? Yeah, he might. He's like, <laughs> well, you know what? I'm not drafting running back. <laughs> yeah. You can do whatever you want. Hey, Jones is playing running back today. Well, he can't because he's in Detroit now. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm kind of with you on this because, um, you know, let's say Lick doesn't. It's still on Arians. He could easily not put Ronald Jones in the field. You know what I mean? And put somebody else out there. It's possible. Yeah, he could do that. I mean, C.J. Anderson is still out there. There's plenty of running backs still floating around out there that, that they could add, even if they don't. I mean, it's, it's still, I guess, on Lick to add him to the roster. Um, but we'll see what happens in the draft. I just think that I do think out of the article when it says that again he's still four months shy of his 23rd birthday. One of the reasons I was interested in Rojo was I knew he was really young coming out. And at running back, I mean, receivers, you know, receivers another position where you know age coming out age matters. But coming out really young at running back like that, he just his first year. He was I think just too young or maybe a little immature muscular right. his muscularity hadn't come in completely. I don't know. I mean, I mean not. I'm kind of making excuses for his terrible first year. So then, or last, are you looking for reasons? There's a yeah, difference. whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So then, last year he kind of did okay. This is a, again a possibility he does really well now. Yeah, no, you to- totally uh, could be right on this. I went um, casting out my fantasy dynasty fishing rod with Ronald Jones's bait, Dave, and let me tell you, they haven't been biting in weeks. <laughs> it's it's been rough. I, so. I I dealt Jones last week, and I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm so, I go back and forth on whether it was an okay trade or not. It was oh. oddly enough for the 209, if I didn't mention it last week. Oh, maybe that's what. Anyway, all right, listen, we got Nate Harris coming up in just one minute here. Before we get to the FFPC 500 number 28 Dynasty champ, let's talk about um, this issue with, um, with the Rams tight ends. According to a report in the USA Today, uh, Sean McVay was quoted as saying he's got to do a better job utilizing Gerald Everett's skill set this upcoming season. Uh, here's the quote from McVeigh. I think Higby did a phenomenal job, but Everett's a guy that I've got to do a better job utilizing his skill set because he's a difference maker. He's got to get the opportunities, and I think that starts with some of the things I know I can do a better job of. Now, let's go back and look at 2019. Everett was 25 last year. He started with 37 catches for 408 yards and two touchdowns through the first half of the season. That was 11 yards a catch. He gets his knee hurt in week 11, and then Higby goes crazy over the last five games, 43 catches, 522 yards, and two touchdowns. Everett was the second-round pick. Everett was the first guy Sean McVay's um, coaching staff ever selected, and he did open as the every-down guy there. Everybody's talking about Tyler Higby right now, and deservedly so, Dave. I mean, you, you look at his ADP, he's going at the 512. But, man, Gerald Everett, ADP of 1611? I mean, I, I, the value there is screaming Everett. I, I think he's a guy that we should be talking about a little bit more. Yeah, especially now that, now that Cooks is gone. And it really make, it makes a lot of sense offensively for them to run two tight end sets when they have two talented tight ends. Almost as if, if New England was doing it with Gronk and Hernandez way back when, 
once you and I'm surprised Philly doesn't do this. If I could just do a better job of it with Ertz and Goddard, why not run that run that personnel where you have the two tight ends all the time, the two really good receivers, and uh, and then you got your run game. I, I, to me, that just totally makes logical sense for them to do that. And be good news for Daryl Henderson too, and um, to to or a lesser extent Malcolm Brown, or or if they draft somebody. You think the Rams are going to draft somebody this year? I, I don't know what picks they have offhand. Um, all I know is they're, they're in cap hell because of all the big right. bad signings that they made. I just feel like you know they kind of shot their shot last year when they gave up all those that capital to get Daryl Henderson. That's true, and then Malcolm Brown was actually, I guess, pretty serviceable. So I mean, I don't know. I, I think I'm guessing they have other needs. For the umpteenth time, I'm going to bring up the Lions signed Malcolm Brown to a nice contract, and the Rams matched it because yeah. he was a restricted free agent. So you know they I, like both those guys. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's get to tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. He's uh, you know he's, actually I'm sorry to go, go ahead. ahead. Wow, that could have been a sign about the girly thing. I mean, I, I when they matched the Brown thing and then yeah, traded up for Henderson. Really, yeah, I didn't really. But there's plenty of high stakes guys down on Gurley last year. No, I know. I mean, whatever. Anyway, moving on. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to uh, to tonight's uh, uh, guest. I'm going to bring on right now. He his first year in the FFPC was way back in 2014. Had one team that did horribly. However. Since then, he's added Terminator Leagues. He's added Dynasty teams. Uh, usually gets about four FFPC teams uh, per year. Won one in 17 and 18. Uh, and then actually won the 500 number 28 Dynasty League last year. Please welcome into the show Mr. Nate Harris. Nate, happy early Easter, man, and welcome aboard. Hey, how you doing? Good to be here. We're doing, we're doing excellent. Are you, are, you, are you staying safe, taking all the precautions, and, and just delving deep into fantasy football with – a little bit of extra time on your hands right now? Well, still working, so I haven't had as much time for that as I'd like to, but hopefully uh, before the draft here I'll have some time to look into it more. Let's briefly talk about that before we talk about fantasy football. What are you doing for work right now? I do uh, salmon monitoring on a couple of rivers in Northern California. Wow, that's really, really? That's wow. This, this is the first time, first time we've ever heard that. that what's that work like, Nate? Uh, we do uh, like uh, monitoring the adults when they come into the rivers to spawn, and then we do uh, uh, monitoring of the young when they're uh, emerging, and then they're returning to the ocean. So we kind of get an estimate of their total population and uh, kind of set limits on harvest for the following year. Oh my goodness! How long have you been doing this? Of, boy, uh, 10, 12 years now. Oh, my goodness. That's there, awesome. Just curious, was there, like a, was there a college major that kind of was specific to that, or, or how did you get into that field, if you don't mind me asking? I'm just kind of curious. Uh, my degree is in fisheries and wildlife sciences, so, so yeah, it was a lot so of I guess that's a yes. <laughs> yeah, well, that's well, awesome. That's, wow. that's awesome. Yeah, wow. We're so used to talking to lawyers, which are, you know, those guys are losers mostly. So this is really <laughs> much more of a pleasant experience. They're, actually, we're used to talking to bloodsuckers, uh, which are the lawyers. Yeah, that versus, is true. Uh, versus well, and you think about this. Nate's an expert dynasty player, Dave. So you're, you're, he's, he's taking, the, you know, the, the tiny, uh, the, the little babies and raising them into oh, something geez. and growing them into this dominant force. Of course, you don't want it too dominant. Obviously, but I, listen, I'm not the expert. Let's talk fantasy football with Nate. Oh, here. man, we're, we're already in bad shape. Um, anyway, <laughs> that was my fault. Uh, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook were a big parts of your dynasty title last year, uh, Nate. Which guy do you think is more likely to duplicate their, the success that they had last year again this year? Well, I, I'm hoping both of them can do similar, but um, 
I think uh, probably Dalvin Cook, if he stays healthy, it seems like he has, like, the uh, the safer floor of touches, um, whereas Aaron Jones seemed a little bit more volatile, and even though his peaks were a little higher, he kind of uh, kind of jumped around a lot more than Dalvin did. Dave, I don't know if you saw this, but Dalvin Cook says he's the best running back in the game. Well, he should be. That's that it. Florida State swagger coming through. You know, everyone, you know, I'll, I'll run, you know, the top ten running backs should all be saying that they're the best. <laughs> the top the top 50 should all be I mean, saying yeah, that. Whatever, they should say, yeah, I'm the best. I mean, yeah. I mean, other than, like, in the NBA where you really have, like, the best, like the two or three guys that you, you know. You, you know what I would be if I was a pro athlete, and I, I would be the type of guy who is, would be totally humble, always praising my teammates and, and talking about how great they are. And then, like, when some reporter says to me, well, how do you rate yourself? You know, you got this contract coming up. Well, yeah, obviously I'm the best. You know, it would just totally catch everybody off guard. I think that'd be fantastic. Uh, Nate, let's let's bring it back to you here. Talk about the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Cliff Kingsbury uh, said earlier this week that he wants to have three running backs carry the load uh, for the Arizona Cardinals this year. Now, given that you had Kenyon Drake absolutely crush it down the stretch for you last season, what are your expectations after hearing that for him in 2020? Is he still going to be the man, or are you a little bit more concerned now? Well, I believed in Drake's talent for a while. I traded him and traded for him in almost every league last January, well, in 2019 January. Um, and I was a little worried going into the season uh, when he was still on Miami. So I was pretty pleasantly surprised when he when he broke out during the playoffs. Uh, so I'm not too concerned with just Chase Edmonds and uh, is that DJ Foster on the team as well. So unless they spend yeah. high draft picks. I'm not too consistent. I don't, you know, I, Arizona, I, I, I got to believe that, that running back is probably not one of their major concerns high on draft day. I mean, you obviously never know, but, you know, they just slapped the transition tag on Drake. Uh, they, they've talked, obviously, highly about Chase Edmonds, who's actually performed pretty good um, in a pinch in, in years past. So I think I'm kind of with you. You know, Drake is being a little bit, undervalued in FFPC best balls right now. You think about where he finished last year, and he's being drafted as the running back 13 in the mid, mid-second. I guess that's not too underrated. I mean, he's going behind Miles Sanders and Austin Eckler, going ahead of guys like Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, and the aforementioned Todd Gurley, who we were talking about before. Keep in mind, those guys, everyone except for Drake, is more, I don't know, a pedigree, pedigree pedigreed, proven, you know, like, wouldn't you kind of argue that Fournette is even more proven than Drake? Because Drake's had like a half a season, more or less. Okay. Even though he's had injury issues, and then he was also a top pick. I know Drake was taken actually in the second, and uh, I, was a, I was a big believer in Drake early You on. were. And, and didn't we say initially, when, before the NFL draft, when Drake was selected, didn't we say the Alabama thing kind of worked against him? Because everybody, well, well you know. I, don't, I, never, I never believed in the school-specific running back curse. Okay. I think you've made that argument. I've always said <laughs> I that. Have. I think that he that was actually a third-round pick. Okay. Now, um, but, but, I know Matt Waldman hated him. Hated Kenyon Drake? Hated him. Yeah. All right. So, I'm, you know, it's fine. He gets plenty of things right, but he didn't. You know what I was, I was watching the other day? The, I, hey, I like Bishop Sankey. We all get stuff wrong. The miracle in Miami, that, that final play where the Dolphins, you know, had that 60-yard catch and lateral thing. Uh, where they beat the Patriots in Miami, and Drake was the guy who ran the last 30 yeah, yards. Yeah. And I was like, how did the Dolphins let this guy get away? And then he absolutely was off. I mean, how many times do we have a guest on late last season? And it's like, oh, okay, let's look at your roster, how you won the championship. Oh, Tyler Higby. Oh, Kenyon Drake. You know, it was, it, those were two of the major components, included with Nate here winning his title. 
Sorry, Dave. Go ahead with. Uh... No, I was just wondering if Nate. Nate, did you have any more comments? We just rambled on for about two minutes about talking pretty much about <laughs> loving Drake, hating Drake. What do you? You love the Drake, though, obviously. Well, I like Drake, and I, you know, I, I could see maybe he wouldn't get the same workload, quite the same workload next year. But I, I'm also hoping that Arizona's offense is improved uh, as well. So maybe that sort of balances out whatever he might lose in a few touches. Talking with Nate Harris, the uh, FFPC 500 number 28 dynasty champ from last year. Question from the chat for you, Nate, here. Casmo11FF wants to know, as a Drake owner, what is Edmonds worth as a handcuff right now? And I'm going to frame this. I'm going um, to actually get even more specific here. Let's say it's after the draft. Let's say Arizona does not add a running back at all, or maybe they you know, draft some guy in the seventh round. Um, w- what would you do um, – with with Edmonds, would you give up like a, a decent rookie pick for him? Like let's say like a, a mid second, early second, something like that. Is he worth that much, or are you not a believer in handcuffs in general? I probably wouldn't give up a second. I, I'm not a big handcuff believer unless it's just a a really potent offense like Kansas City's, or if I just believe in the talent of the players to cuff. So I probably wouldn't give more than maybe like. Because then I have to put, you know, my total roster number and everything else on top of it. Yeah, that is true. He's the type of guy too. Like if you're in a not a closed twelve team league, but if you're in, you know, FFPC main event football guys players championship, um, a lot of times too, I'm, I think I'm less inclined to draft handcuffs then because I'm 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 trying to go for broke uh, to a certain extent. Um, and and the thing is too, it's like. You know, Edmonds did show he can do it, but if Drake were to go down, would Edmonds be the guy? I'm not so sure. He might be the lead guy. I don't think he'd be the guy. Dave, as the uh, the gears are turning over there, the steam's raising. Do you have do you have? Uh, are you working on something? No, I'm just getting ready for the next question. Okay, I thought you finished off all your. No, no, no. I thought you were you were working on something with Drake. That's okay. Sorry. No, I was not. Actually, what I was doing was creating a brand new dynasty league. Ah, there you go. So. Uh, new 250 starting on Tuesday. <laughs> All right, perfect. One, uh, on Sunday's West Coast. Anyway, what is your opinion, and this is for our wonderful guest, Nate, of rookie drafts, rookie draft picks this time of year? Do you generally some, – some people you've had on end up trading them all for proven players, or do you try and keep them for yourself, hoard them a little bit? Uh, how do you handle the rookie picks? I guess it would depend on where my team is. If I'm uh, – you know, I'm at a point where I feel like I need one more piece to win that year. I might steal it for somebody that's like an A.J. Green or somebody that could put me over the top that one year. Uh, but generally, I feel like I like to hoard them at least until the draft because I feel like people really, I mean, during the rookie draft is, is when their value is at their highest and people are, are willing to trade more for them at that point. That's what you always say, Balky. You always want to get get them sold on, you, on you, draft day, right? You wait until the the last possible moment. Like it, and Nate's right too. Like if you have, if you're able to um, play in a cool FFPC dynasty league, not like the deadbeat dynasty leagues that you and I play in, Dave. Ain't that the truth? Um, where you can, where you get, you can, you know, on the clock. That's when you're going to get maximum value for them too. Um, so I think that's that's the way to do it. And obviously, Nate won a league. Uh, doing just that. Nate, uh, t- tell us a little bit about, uh, I want to talk specifically about one of the trades that you had made this past offseason. Uh, you shipped out Robbie Anderson, uh, the new pa- Panthers receiver. This is prior to him signing with Carolina. And then you get back the uh, up-and-coming tight end in Buffalo, Dawson Knox. And then you also get Auden Tate, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals receiver. Talk a little bit about why you decided to do that deal. 
Well, I've had Robbie for a few years, and I like him, but I but I feel like he's just he's perpetually boom or bust, and I never know what weeks I want to start him in. And uh, like you said, that was before he went to Carolina, so I'm not sure how that ha- might change when he's in Carolina. Uh, but to get back Dawson Knox on a kind of a tight end needy team, and I liked what he did in his rookie year, and I kind of feel like he can, you know, keep amping that up in year two. And Auden Tate, I just like the talent, and I feel like he has potential to be maybe like um, Eddie Lowe and wide receiver two at some point, maybe not this year, but in the future. So I felt like that was a good a good return on Robbie, who I who I just never knew when to start. Yeah, Dave, I'm gonna let I'm gonna fly my Florida State flag again. Auden Tate, baby, think catching passes from Joe Burrow, John Ross always hurt. AJ Green, you know our thoughts about him, always hurt. It's like it could and be Tyler him. Boyd, and, always awesome. And, well, always awesome, yeah. But there's room for another receiver there. there his is name room. and his name is Tate. So I like that. <laughs> Uh, quite a bit. You like Dawson Knox, Dave? I, I love. I'm, I'm starting Knox. to like him quite a bit, actually. Yeah, he was. You know, he was one of those uh, in that Rotoviz tight end uh, model that they had. He was highly rated last year coming in, so we were we talked about him quite a bit. And, and uh, they were, there's comparables to a season of Mark Andrews' rookie season. So yeah, that, that's interesting. And there's a lot of things going on in Buffalo that are right. So they give you like one that. guess what round he is going in in FPC best ball. You get one guess at this. Um, Dawson Knox. I'm going to be wrong. Eight. 14th. Shut Insane up. value right oh, now. Okay, that's really late. 14th. That's really, as, that's really off. Tight end 25. I give me all the Dawson Knox. Why are you having me guess? Well, because I, I, I wanted to get curious. Uh, I, wanted, I was curious what you would hey, how about Hey, Nate, when do you think Auden Tate's going in <laughs> FFPC best? <laughs> I can tell you right now where he's going. I, it's going to be super late. Dawson Knox a lot earlier than that. Yeah. No, I would, too. I, I wouldn't wait around to the 14th round to take Dawson Knox in FFPC. By the way, Auden Tate, wide receiver 104 in the 27th round. 27. Yeah, right. there you go. All right. Moving on. Not going in the 27th round is uh, Ju- Julian Edelman. Uh, he was one of your receivers on your championship squad. I'm not sure if you still have him or not. Uh, how concerned are you about his production without Tom Brady? And then he's always, you know, getting drunk and, you know, making an ass of himself <laughs> in public and, you know, and having sex with people and then they make tweets. What, what about Edelman, answer? by the way, is not being prosecuted for jumping out of that, that Mercedes in uh, L.A. <laughs> he's not being prosecuted. I heard that. He's yeah. in the clear. He settled it. Anyway. Tell us about Julian Edelman without Brady. I mean, I am I am concerned about his value. He was sort of a late season trade acquisition this last year as, as like a all in trying to win it. And uh, but I just don't know what what I could really get in in trade value for him right now because I feel like everybody's probably on the same boat uh, worried about what his usage would be like without Brady there anymore. Julian Edelman in FFPC best ball, not dynasty. In best ball right now, he's going at the 8-11 as wide receiver 35, right behind Will Fuller and Marquise Brown, right ahead of Jerry, Judy, 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 and C.D. Lamb. So I, feel that's, that's, I feel that's cheap. I think so, too. Um, you think about this, too. What do you think, Nate? Yeah, go ahead. For redraft. Sorry, what was that? Nate, your thoughts on Julian Edelman? Your your thoughts on Nate uh, uh, Nate on uh, Julian Edelman's redraft value at the end of the eighth round? I mean, I feel like last year he was going in in early fourth or something like that. So I, I'm not too surprised that he's dropped off quite a bit. I think that for me, it's like you know, if it's Jared Stidham who takes over or Brian Hoyer or whoever, they I mean they could still get Cam Newton for God's sake. And, and you look at who's he going to focus on. 
who's the big playmaker in that offense? Well, it's not like Brady was even a top 15 quarterback. He was like in the 20s, if I recall right, correctly, yeah. as far as yards and, and, and touchdowns go. And Edelman so was still like, great. Yeah, so if Edelman's in the same role and he's still wide open, the key, though, is that the quarterback, whatever it is, has to be able to figure out and run that the Perkins offense uh, so that he's on the same page. And then Brady and Edelman have always been, you know, so dialed into each other. So that, that, there is that, that argument. FFPC 500 Dynasty League number 28 champion Nate Harris joining us tonight here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We're going to talk about Brandon Cooks again here because not only was he traded to the Texans earlier this week, but you actually made a deal in your Dynasty League for him, uh, Nate. You gave up Corey Davis and Tyler Higbee, and you got Brandon Cooks back. Now, I know your thought process has has it's not the same as it was because now he's on Houston. But talk a, a little bit uh, first about why you did this deal and then secondly what you think Cooks is going to do in Houston this year. I made the deal because uh, I guess initially with Corey Davis, I've just gotten to a point where I feel like he's never never going to live up to anything what his you know draft value was uh, going in the first round especially on a run-first team. And Tyler Higby was a nice from me last year, but I kind of feel like his heavy targets last year were sort of a function of a dysfunctional offense. Um, I think if the Rams do what they want to do, they're not going to be doing a, a lot of short passing. So that was sort of my thinking when Cooks was still there. Um, and I still feel like Cooks is a possible bounce back despite his injury concerns. And I, you know, on my team specifically, I really needed um, sort of with Michael. I felt like I was picking up a couple of high-risk uh, players that in for somebody with some upside uh, to kind of help out my wide receiver two slot. Yeah, I, 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 and the great thing about acquiring Cooks in Dynasty, and I think Dave and I touched on this at, at the at the top of the show, you know, we still think he's going to put up numbers this year. He might, Dave, he might make for a nice little flip at the end of the 2020 season, too, if he does put up good numbers in Houston. And obviously, the Texans will find some way to trade him because that's what happens in life, death taxes and Brandon Cooks being traded. Um, and then you might be able to get some good assets for him on exchange. You never know. I mean, he should have some good years ahead of him, even though it feels like he's been in the league for about 10 years. He's really He was another young guy, too, coming yeah, into the he league. He was 20 when he came in the yeah, league. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Uh or he's going to retire. I mean, like Calvin. I don't know. No, I mean, the only thing, the, the only way that he would retire is if the, the concussions just totally knock him out. And he's like, okay, I, I want to live here. So I'm going to, I'm going to retire five concussions already. If he gets a sixth or, or, you know, this season, I think then you got to be worried about it. But you know what? And I'll bring so this up. So you don't worry about the first five concussions. You no, I, I still worried about those, but I'll, I'll bring this up too. When Devonte Adams was a free agent in, in a couple of years ago, not a free agent, but um, he was coming into his contract year and the Packers ended up locking up, uh, locking him up. And a lot of people were concerned. You're going to give all that money to Devonte Adams. Who's who has had a lot of concussion issues himself. Now he's probably only had like two or three, not five, but at the same point, he's been healthy the last two years, as far as concussions go, he had that leg injury. So you never know with these things. I mean, maybe they happen. Maybe they don't. All right. Well, that's your point. I don't really, I'm not, I'm, what do you think, Nate, about concussions? <laughs> okay, go ahead with Devin Sorry? Singletary. All right. Nate, Sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. I'm going to ask you a different question. What do you do with a guy like Devin Singletary in dynasty leagues right now? And uh, how likely is it that a, they're going to add a rookie running back to the team in Buffalo? 
Well, I don't own any Devil Devin Singletary, so I haven't put a, a lot of thought about it, but I, I feel like the people that do own him uh, probably want a fair amount to sell. Uh, so I guess if I had him, I probably wouldn't move him either without a solid offer. Um, but I'm not sure that they – I think they still have T.J. Yeldon on the team, right, and Frank Gore's presumably gone, so I, I – not really thinking they're going to spend a lot of draft capital on anyone. You know, what's funny about that is, is roster watch, our good buddies at roster watch actually tweeted this out. Brandon Bean, who is the GM of the bills said that Singletary quote, definitely could be the quote workload guy. Uh, again, no gore, as you just pointed out, Nate, um, but we'll have to find out if they do add somebody in the draft. Uh, Singletary averaged 5.1 yards a carry last year. But when they got to short yardage situations, it was Frank Gore, it was Josh Allen carrying the ball. I drafted Devin Singletary as my number two running back in one league so far this year. I feel good about it. I think he's going to break out this year, Dave. Your thoughts on Singletary? I think he broke out last year. I was going towards to... the end. Yeah. I think he's. I mean, he's a lot of people like him. The team's talking him up. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, there's what's not to like about Singletary other than the fact that I just generally don't like. I don't like his his skill his, his metrics, but he looked good playing last year. So. Even I might have to draft him once in a while. The last two or three years, the Bills have had a pretty good offensive line, too, and now you have Dawson Knox in his second year. You trade for Stephon Diggs. You still have John Brown there. Cole Beasley running stuff over the middle. Josh Allen looks more than capable. I think that Bills offense is being underrated uh, in general. Let's see if we can sneak in an email here from you. Uh, Nate, this is from Tim in Cleveland. Do you have a favorite prospect in the NFL draft right now, or doesn't it matter because you want to see their landing spots first? Thank you for the email. Uh, that is Tim in Cleveland. Yeah, Nate, this is always interesting because we, we can fall in love with the talent of some of these guys, but uh, then when the players actually go to their chosen destinations, their fantasy value can change quite a bit. Is there, is, is, are there any rookies that you particularly really like the skill set, eager to see how they translate to the NFL field? I haven't really dug into a lot of uh, the rookie prospects yet. Um, just got my rookie scouting portfolio and uh, – you know, I'm certainly uh, interested in seeing where people go during the draft. So, um, you know, I I know a lot of the names. I hear a lot of people talk about them, but I haven't really uh, um, signed on to any that I specifically want to draft my teams. Dave, one of these years what I'm going to do is I'm going to totally ignore all the rookie in the draft talk, and I'm not going to start assessing players until after the NFL draft. And then I'm going to do my rookie drafts and see how they turn out. Well, this will make for one hell of an interesting show those years. <laughs> that's true. Maybe I can't, I can't wait. Maybe it's fun to do in practice, but I can't really do in real life. You'll just ask questions and be yeah. like, oh, yeah, never no, heard of him. What's the guy with this Jerry Judy? Hey, yeah. what, what's, what's going on with him? Jugs, rugs, jugs. Running back, tight end. What is, uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, one more email here for you, Nate, as long as you've got a little bit of time. Ryan in Los Angeles. Since Phillip Rivers likes to throw to his running back so much, should we be upgrading Naheem Hines at a minimum for redraft leagues? Uh, thanks, Nate. That is Ryan in Los Angeles. Just as an FYI, Naheem Hines over the last seven days in FFPC best ball drafts is going at the 12.04 as the 47th running back selected. How do you fall in on this? Should we be a, a big believer in Hines' um, receptions going way up this year, Nate? Well, I like Naheem Hines, and I and I have traded for him in a league or two, and it, and it hasn't really panned out. And Yes, if I'm, if I'm, am I assuming that Philip Rivers is going to throw to his running back regardless, or now that he has a better offensive line, presumably in Indianapolis, perhaps he's going downfield more. Um, I'm not really sure how that's going to pan out. And you said he's going in the 12th round. I mean, that maybe that works out. 
I like him in the 12th round quite a bit. Actually, um, the the guys at the um, Chasing the Helmet podcast, um, uh, Jay Reed and, and Scott Connor, uh, Scott had actually, they, they, they live tweeted, not they didn't live tweet, but they did a live podcast um, doing an FFPC best ball slim a couple of weeks ago. And Scott was talking about how much he liked Naheem Hines for that reason, as Hines has always been a pass catcher. And you look at Phillip Rivers throwing the ball to his running back so much. Now, will he throw it uh, as much to him now that he has a much better offensive line, as, as Nate points out? I'm not sure, but I'd be willing to, to take the risk at, in the 12th round. I'm definitely on board with that. Nate has been incredibly gracious uh, uh, with his time tonight, Dave. We have one final question before we let him go. Enjoy his Easter. All right, here we go. Uh, who is a veteran player you should try and trade right now, as in get rid of, as well as a player you really want to acquire on the cheap at the moment? Well, I, the, the one I acquired on the cheap uh, was a little easier because I did it just recently, um, trading a, a third-round pick for Emmanuel Sanders on a team that I'm uh, trying to challenge for a championship this year, and, and I feel like another year removed from his injury, he and uh, you know the Saints seem like they always struggle with their with their second wide receiver, and and I really like the talent of Sanders, so I feel like he could be a, a producer. Um, but as far as the veteran sell, that was that was a little tougher to come by. I do have Mark Ingram on my team. Um, I feel like he's probably got another decent year in him, and I just am not sure that I could get. Uh, type of value in a trade right now that I, that would make me want to move him, uh, even though I feel like probably this year is potentially his last um, where he's particularly productive. Mark Ingram is a guy I own in a couple of dynasty leagues, Dave, and he's really helped me crush it the last couple of years, but maybe this is the time to, to sell off on him right now if, if he does hit the cliff at the end of 2020. To me, he's kind of – that I feel like that window is kind of not open. I, I just feel like you don't think you could get just like well, Nate, like, Nate's out there doing it. He can't get value for him. Well, that's the thing is that he's like the uh, the Edelman of of, of that position. You know, <laughs> right. I mean, like the, like I would hang on to Edelman and Ingram until they both you know from an NFL perspective cro- croak. Yeah. Whatever, you know. And just, yeah, that's a good point. Like the Heinz Ward, run him into the ground, and then yeah, oh well, that was fun. Like I still have Fitz on a team. What am I do? Trade Fitz now? You know, or trade like three years ago? I could trade a Fitz for nothing. It's and it, I could trade him for nothing now. It's yeah. The same thing. I I think it's a little bit different, but I get where you're coming from. They're all they're all from the same family. They're all yeah, cut I mean, from Fitz the same. Fitz way a little, but right. I'm t- the other guys are not as. Bad. No, there's there's something to be said for that. And I think Nate has said plenty tonight, plenty of which I agree with, and and very uh, insightful stuff. Nate, thanks so much for hopping aboard tonight uh good luck in in all your leagues this year congratulations on on the 500 number 28 championship last year and uh, happy easter dude thanks for hanging out with us we had fun yeah same to you i had a good time have a good night thank you so much nate harris ladies and gentlemen the ffpc 500 number 28 dynasty league champ former football guys league champ former best ball champ as well good stuff from nate and i learned a little bit of fisheries too that was good yeah I really enjoy eating a lot of salmon. <laughs> was it Kaz was posting in here tonight that he had salmon for, for yeah. dinner? Was yeah. it Kaz? Yeah, it was. I, I forgot what he... Yeah. It was sockeye, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. I don't know if he said it was a cedar plank or whatever. Yes, yeah, he cooked it on a cedar plank. You ever had cedar plank salmon? Yeah, I've had it. That's good stuff. That is really good stuff. You know what I like to do is I have all these salmon fillets at home and... Um, I usually cook it on pine myself, so I get some of the pine stuff. Okay, are you being serious? I can't <laughs> no, tell I'm if you're messing. Okay. Um, but I have all these salmon fillets at home, and now it's getting a little bit warmer out. Well, you know, I've been cooking all this venison lately. 
Okay. Um, but I think the salmon I'd like to throw on the grill, too. I bet that would be pretty tasty. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Sure. Why not? All right. Speaking of tasty, or maybe not tasty, I don't want to ruin it for everybody. Uh, everybody, longtime uh, listeners know that Dave and I make separate wagers throughout the season as far as um, what we think is going to happen to sort of guide people in the right direction, be it in drafts, be it in setting lineups, blind bidding, what have you. Uh, we call it the I Got Five on it board. And uh, each bet we make is for ostensibly five bucks. Uh, and we keep track of all these bets. Now, for the first time ever this year, is we're going to total them up tonight since this is our last show of the season. Um, we're going to total them up. I have not only the um, full record as far as who won season to season. I have each and every bet, the total for that. Dave, in the course of eight years of this show, you and I have made 226 bets. I have the full record of that. That's we, we have many more bets. Well, 226 divided by eight. What is that? Do the math, guy. Is that like 20-some a year? 25, 26 a year? That's uh, about right. Yeah, I know that. I'm One every other week? More. Should be more. All right, we'll try to increase it this All right. year. All right, so let's kick it off. Let's go through the bets last year, and I'm going to tell everybody who won each of these. January 18, 2019. Will Antonio Brown be on the Steelers roster week one of the 2019 season? I said yes. Dave said no. He was on the Raiders for week one. Dave wins that one. The following week, January 25th, who scores more points this year? Phillip Rivers is who I said. Dave said Jimmy Garoppolo. And this is an interesting one. <laughs> Rivers ended up with 327.1. Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo, 322.6. So I ended up winning that one by about five and a half. Oh, very, man. very razor thin. Well, All right. So we, that's, you know, it's interesting. We could d- differ on that way back when. Yeah, and it ended up being that close. that close. Yeah, it was, a worthy, we, it was a worthy bet. And we, but we both felt strongly about it. Like you're, you're an idiot. No, you're an idiot. And then we ended up being off by five and a half points. All right, February fifteenth, Kareem Hunt will be suspended more than eight and a half games. I said yes. Dave said no. He was suspended for you guessed it, eight games. Yes. Dave wins that one by half. Hey, if you can't buy that half a point, you got to find a different book. <laughs> yeah. All right, March. A wise friend, Leroy, told me that. That's much. true. Yeah. March 1st, more FFPC fantasy points. I said, of course, Corey Davis, 106.7. Dave said Mike Williams, 155.5. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, I'm officially off the Corey Davis bandwagon. I, I thought said, I was going to say Isabella on that one. No, 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 no. Well, there's an Isabella bet coming I up. I figured Don't there worry. might be five or six. So hopefully I only um, lose one or two. Yeah, yeah no, some, actually, the Isabella one might be for 2020. I think the Isabella one's for 2020. Right. Yeah. Um, He'll it, play in 2020? I'm totally, no, I'm totally off. Corey Davis now entirely. I said, hang on, it's coming, it's coming. And you know what's funny? I own him in one dynasty league, Dave. In that dynasty league, you know who I drafted as my first round pick last year? No. AJ Brown. That's nice. And so now I can I still get the number one Titans receiver. That works out. Can ditch Corey Davis. All right. March fifteenth. Baker Mayfield finishes worse than QB nine. I said yes. Dave said no. He finished at QB seventeen. So I won that one. Wow, I wasn't even close. April nineteenth, Tyreek Hill. Over or under a seven-game 2019 suspension? <laughs> I said under. Dave said over. I won that one as he he didn't get suspended, right? There's nope. no suspension. Nope. Yeah. Man, that was a must have been a low moment for Tyreek. All right, May 3rd, 2019. Devontae Freeman, I said would finish as a top 12 running back last year. Dave said no. He finished as RB19. Big win for the Dizzle. May 10th. Oh, there's an Isabella bet. I'm sorry. <laughs> Kyler Murray is a top 15 quarterback in 2019. I said no. Dave said yes. He finished as quarterback nine. Dave wins that one. 
Andy Isabella, same date. I think this, these bets were made within minutes of each other. Andy Isabella is a top 40 wide receiver in 2019. Oh, I said no. Dave said yes. Yeah. 140. Dave, was he 140? <laughs> then you would have won. He was finished at wide receiver 125. I almost had it. I almost had it. <laughs> um, all right. May 24th, Eli Manning starts nine or fewer games last year. I said he will. Dave said he wouldn't. He started four. So Balky wins that. That was, a, that was a really good job by you. Well, on that, on that th- didn't he get dinged up and then Jones got he they got they gave him the yeah, job. Yeah, but I mean, you know, at that time, you know, he was healthy and you know they were going to say you know he's the quarterback. You know, they always say that crap. Right. But that was a, that was a shrewd bet. Good job. All right. So speaking of close bets, here we go. July 21st, Hunter Renfro, 49 and a half catches. I said under. You said over. Uh, you know where he ended up? Fifty. Forty-three. Oh, so man. I won that one by six. He really and a half. did come on late, though. He came on way late. He's People a sleeper are, this year that yeah. we're not talking enough about. We're not, and we did like him last year. And we, I, I really liked him this year. By the way, the uh, chasing the helmet guys really like Hunter Renfro Good. late. Too. Yeah, Renfro. Um, all right, this this was one of the fun ones. I was really looking forward to how this was going to turn out. Okay, combined starts for Alshon. This was July 29th. Uh, combined starts for Alshon Jeffrey and Sammy Watkins. Okay. <laughs> We, we, both we, right, we set it at 24 and a half. I said it would be under that. You said it would be over that. Jeffrey started 10 games. Okay. Watkins started 12. Damn it. So I won that one by two and a half. But again, but again, how dialed in were we on that? Again, that was pretty close. Yeah. I, we, we really set the total at the, at the right spot. Okay, same day. Thanks Jeffrey. July 29th. More points in the FFPC. I said Miles Sanders. You said Jordan Howard. Miles Sanders, 212.6. Jordan Howard, 111.4. Good job. All right, August 23rd. Apparently, we took a month off of betting. I don't understand that. Um, this is a battle of the bulky guys that, that he loves. Um, more points last year. I said Devin Singletary. You said Ronald Jones. Who do you think won this one? Singletary, I think. Singletary at 149.9. But remember, Ronald Jones came on. He finished with 156.7. All right. So you actually won that one. Woo-hoo. All right, now we get into the weekly bets. Who scores uh, more week? These are always fun. More week two fan, uh, FFPC points. I said Muhammad Sanu. You said Kiki QT. This was a pillow fight. Sanu, I won with, with 5.6. QT at 2.7. I can't believe I bet on QT. I know. That's how bad Sanu is. It's ridiculous. Hey, um, hey, at least he was worth a second-round pick for the Panthers. <laughs> I mean, who, dude, that's, almost, that's like a Bill O'Brien level trade there. That's terrible. Um, moving on, that's, we made three weekly bets this week. This is the battle of the Patriots running backs. More week two points. I said Sony Michelle. You said James White. Give me that one. Um, I, uh, Michelle at 14.5. James White at 11.9. Crap. All right. Now, here's a fun one. More FFPC points from week two on. I said it'd be LaShawn McCoy plus 70 because you gave me plus 70 <laughs> on this one. And you said it'd be, um, it says D. Williams. I'm assuming that's Damian Williams. Not Darrell Williams. My, my, yeah, I don't But minus 70. Well, Williams had 90, 93.2. McCoy had 112.3. So I won that one going away. Ugh. All right. <laughs> I, I always wonder how we get into these. September 20th. Yet in the Super Bowl, McCoy didn't even play. Right. He was in action. Anyway. September 20th. Ertz, over or under 15 targets, but it was only triggered if Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson were out. Okay. okay. They were both out. So this is active. I don't know how you, you or Rob had to check this. Right. Uh, this was, I said over, you said under, it was in fact seven, even though those guys are out. So you right. won that one. All right, uh, more FFPC week points. I think week- I can remember that conversation. You're like, he's going to have like 17 targets if they're both out. <laughs> like, he's not going to have 17 right. targets. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, was, I was wrong. I was 100% wrong. More week three points. I said David Johnson. You said Frank Gore. David Johnson, 4.4. Frank Gore, 16.9. Congratulations. <laughs> That's awesome. Somehow we bet a total on this I'm one. I'm glad I could, I, could, I could get Frank Gore over David Johnson. Um, Green Bay, Denver, 43.5 was the total. I said under. You said over. And I, I didn't write it down here, but I believe it was like 37 or like 34. So I ended total. up winning that one. Yeah. All right. I don't know why we're betting totals, but whatever. All right, um, then we made more week four points, more week four fantasy points, only if they were both active. I said Terry McLaurin. You said Stephon Diggs. McLaurin was inactive, so this was null. Um, September 27th. (laughs) Okay, so remember we made a a bunch of bets with um, John Terry and Kern Reeve? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this this was one of them, yeah. Uh, Paris Campbell. Kern is is tuning in. Okay, this is perfect. Get your pencil out, Kern. You're going to be writing some checks. Uh, we said that Paris Campbell would score under 12 points in week four versus John Terry and Kern Reeve. And he scored seven and a half. So you and I won that one. Woo-hoo. Okay. Moving on to October 11th. This is another one. We said Adrian Peterson would be under 13 in week six and he scored 15.6. So uh, we lost that one to Terry and Reeve. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. This is um, one. Um, this was another one. They said Josh Hill would be over. 11 points in week eight. We said under. He scored 8.4. FFPC yeah. scoring. All so right. we won that one. Um, all right, back to you and you and me. Is that, is that all of them? That was all of them. So yeah. each so they, they each owe us five bucks. So yeah. you each owe us half a beer at Caesar's. Yeah, exactly. And we'll buy the other half. How about yeah, that? There you go. All right, now we move on. This is an interesting one. Remember we got into an argument on November 1st when we started offering best ball drafts for the following season at what <laughs> yeah. point? Yeah, I was wrong. So, so did the FFPC offer best ball leagues before the Super Bowl in January? I said yes. You said no. And they didn't. We, said we offered them in, on January 19th of 2019. So I got that one. I don't understand how we got on. We made a lot of bets on November 1st. What will Josh Gordon do by week 17? Kill someone. Oh, it was a multiple choice. Um, smoke, smoke pot, get suspended. I don't, I don't really understand this. Um, I, oh, I get it. What will he do by week 17? I said he'd have five touchdowns. You said he'd have a failed test or be suspended. He had zero touchdowns and he was suspended by week 15. So yeah. you win that one. Congratulations. All right, I'm giving myself a pat on the back for that one. That was good. More week nine fantasy <laughs> points. I said Josh Allen. You said Matt Ryan. I won 28.1 to 18.4. Nice. More week 11 fantasy points. I said Kenny Galladay. You said Terry McLaurin. You win 9.9 to 4.4. Wow. Terrible. <laughs> Somehow we got under a Steelers running back discussion on November 29th. Um, more fantasy points in week 13. I said Benny, Smell, Benny Snell. You said Jalen Samuels. I got crushed. Right? It was a Snell game. I, 13.7 to 7.4 I yeah. won. Then we got into a, a tight end argument that same day. I said Jacob Hollister would outscore Jack Doyle in week 13. Hollister 13.4. Jack Doyle 22.3. You won that one. All right. Ian Thomas on December 6th. Over under in week 14. This is a one we made with Kern Reeve and two Packer. Uh, we said he would score under 10. They said that he would score over 10. Who was it again? Uh, this was Ian Thomas because oh, okay. Greg Olson was out. Right. Uh, he scored 16.7. Yeah, that's, so, that's a good pass. So we owe two Packer and, and Kern on that one. So, well, with Kern, we're even, or whoever won. Uh, then. Right, we're even with Kern. John Terry owes us half a beer, and we owe. So basically, John Terry, Terry has Meyer. to buy, buy Meyer a half a beer right. in Vegas, so then we're so all far. square. <laughs> all right, December 13th, more of week 15 fantasy points. Um, 
I said John Brown. You said Tariq Cohen. Cohen had 15.5. John Brown, 16.9. So I won that one. Ugh. Then we did the FFPC playoff challenge points, your team versus my team. I, my team scored 293.85. You scored 332.9. Congratulations. You won that one. Then we did a divisional playoff challenge. This is the final bet of the season on January 10th. My team versus your team. Your team had 282.54. Mine had 330.85. I take home that one. That is the board. Whew. How did they end up? I don't know. Dave had 12 wins. I had 17. Oh, I got killed. For the first time in the history of the high-stakes fantasy football hour, from a season-to-season standpoint, Dave, as we've now had eight seasons under, under yep. our belt, I now lead four seasons. I, I've won. No, no, wonder, no wonder you're doing the cumulative totals. You decided to bust that out now. Oh, bu- bu- bu. <laughs> Just you wait till this last part. All right. I have four wins. You have three wins. And then one season, I was like 2015 or something, or 2013, we tied. So I'm 4-3-1 and one all time. All right. Now, you say, well, Balky, why don't you split it down by individual bet? Great job. And I already did it. As I said before the start of this, we have made 226 bets. One of them was a tie. Okay? Okay. I, am, I, I, am, I have won 113. You have won 112. Wow. Over eight years of all the bets we've made, 226, we are separated by one. That's uh-huh. insane to me. We should, we should hug if it wasn't for the social distancing. I, I brought this up with Stir Fry at, at the office. That's amazing. Um, and he, even he was in awe that, that he couldn't believe that, that we we're one bet off. Um, and as a recap. It was, or it was Isabella that cost me. It, it was Isabella. And I'm going to read. Now, oh, yeah, okay. So we have already made six bets for 2020, just to recap. And some of these actually happened last year when we made them. Um, on November 1st, 2019. Well, we're not going over those now, are we? There's only six of them. Well, I, There's right. only six of them. We got a little time. Um, November 1st, you and I made a bet who would score more points in the FFPC this year. Okay? I said DK Metcalf. You said Andy Isabella. I'm feeling pretty good about that one. Oh, I got a shot, too. Uh, this one, I know, you're feeling, <laughs> I know you're feeling great about this one. On January 24th, I said TJ Hawkinson to be a top 12 tight end in the FFPC in 2020. You said no. You still feel good about that. I used to, I you used think to, he's a massive bust. I think he is a massive bust. Okay. Um, I, I have not ruled on this one. I'll let you – you don't have to concede, but on that same date, remember Odell Beckham at the national championship game was handing out – wads of cash to LSU players. There was some talk whether it was real cash or fake. Okay. And we talked about will he be suspended? I said no. You said yes. He hasn't been suspended yet. I don't really know if that's going to happen. I'm sure it won't be. Well, we'll see. Um, then we also made a uh, uh, Steelers running back bet. Well, kind of a Steelers running back bet. February 7th, I said Le'Veon Bell would have more 2020 FFPC points. You said James Conner. Still feel good about that? Would you still make that today, that Conner outscores Bell? The Connor outscores Le'Veon Bell. This, this season only. Um, I don't know. Maybe not. I'm not. I don't think so at this point because there's a chance that someone gets drafted. Okay. Connor has to deal with Snell and Samuels a little bit, so maybe Bell. Okay. Um, Feb- yeah, who knows? Here are the ones I gave you odds on the last two. February 28th. Will Justin oh. Jefferson be a first round pick? I said yes, but I gave you five to one odds on no. I, I feel. Real, I we'll actually see feel, what happens. That might I, be worth I it. Feel, if it's five to one, I feel pretty good. With about all it. those receivers, I mean, he could easily slip to the second round. I don't think he will. I'd still make that bet today. Um, and then uh, March twenty seventh, just a couple of weeks ago, Eric Ebron finishes as a top six tight end in the FFPC. I said no. You said yes, but I gave you six to one odds. I still hey, it's six to one. At six I'll to take, one. I'll take Ebron. Take in the top six. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our uh, show and for season eight as we put a bow on it. Uh, I want to thank new music. Woohoo! 
Come yes, through. new music on Friday. I've been slacking on that for basically a season and a half. Well, no, a season. I've been slacking on it. We're going to get some new music. Uh, uh, choices by the Dizzle, too, by the way, so you know it's going to be good. I want to thank Nate Harris. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and, of course, each and every one of you. We are live next Friday, this coming Friday, for, you guessed it, the Season 9 premiere. We don't take any time off. No days off. 2019 two-time Dynasty champ Nick Sayers is actually going to be our guest. What? He takes six days off. He takes six days off, yeah. But no Fridays off. No Fridays off. Check out the uh, Best Ball Slims, uh, all the standard Best Balls, Dynasty Orphans, and, of course, get in on that FFPC main event uh, early bird discount. Be on the lookout for the Football Guys Players Championship announcement. That's coming up. Uh, we will see you in Season 9. Stay at home. Stay safe. Your weekend This has been now. another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the floor, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Here's how I know you're making me smarter at fantasy football. Now, I was telling uh, Stir Fry, a.k.a. Aaron, who, who we mutually work with about this, a lot of times when I go over these, these bets, and, and I, sometimes I even look at it the next week or the next day, and I'll be like, why would I even make that? I mean, it's, so, it's such a stupid bet, you know? But I feel like when I was going over this past season, there was none in there that I was like, the Freeman finishing as a top 12 running back, I was kind of like, yeah, I probably shouldn't have made that. The rest of them, I could, I could see. Yeah. You know, I'm not... I, I'm not necessarily getting better. I'm just not messing up as much as I used to. I think, yeah, I think you're uh, maybe picking and choosing your battles more wisely. Yeah, even though you're, go- you're trying to goad me into it. Come on, Balky. Breeze versus uh, uh, Mark Sanchez this I, year. I still don't believe I – I mean, I think I was told that that was pride in the way with the Isabella Metcalf. But that was a mistake. Well, I mean, well – That was way back when, though. It was a while ago. What, what have – just curiously, you still own Isabella in all your leagues, right? Yeah, I haven't traded him anywhere. I haven't cut him Yeah, either. you're not cu- – cutting him is – I don't know what you would I get. don't – yeah, I don't – we don't drop down, like, as deep as FFPC. Right. Okay. 16. All right. Well, more Isabella coming. More Isabella talk coming Let's in season nine. not talk about Isabella anymore. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Stay safe. Appreciate it. Talk to you next Friday.